Come on, everybody, it's time to listen in to an actor and a teacher who love their wrestling. No more division, forget those prejudices. The Wrestling Connection is here with Glenn and Chris. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 43 of the Wrestling Connection. We are a positive wrestling podcast, folks. We like to look at the various ways that wrestling can connect us in a world of increasing division. And in order to do this, I am joined in this great journey with my good, close, personal friend, Chris. I should also mention that my name is Glenn. Chris, welcome to episode 43. How are you on this fine day, my close, personal friend? I am doing very, very well, Glenn. Lovely to hear your voice after I'm sure it was a really hard day at work. Um, and I, this is the first time, everybody, that we're recording straight after a shift for Glenn, yeah. who is, uh, if you don't know, is an English teacher and is doing remote learning and stuff. So it's a, a stressful time for all teachers. We thank all teachers around the country for all their hard work throughout this entire pandemic. Um, so I'm assuming Glenn is knackered. So today's I, episode could be very interesting. I am knackered. I'm also just going to throw this out here because even though it's not wrestling related, I, I truly mean it. You said thank you to the teachers and I'm grateful for that. But I also want to thank all the young people who are working hard and all the parents who are working hard to support their young people at home because homeschooling, whilst being a parent, whilst doing your own work from home, I can only imagine. I can literally yeah. only imagine how challenging that must be, especially if you've got particularly young kids. It'd be nigh on impossible. So uh, difficult time for us all in society. But like honestly, the, it, I think it, it, it's beautiful when, not to get too corny, but listen, it's beautiful when everyone kind of pulls together and does their bit. It's, that's, right. that's lovely in a time of crisis. Yeah, do you know whose theme song popped into my head this morning? Galito, Galito, Galito. No, good guess. That always pops into my head, usually on a Tuesday. Um, but this, it was a Stevie Richards theme song. I'll show you. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Stevie Richards theme. What was that all about? I'll show you. You'll see. It's like, uh, how do you like me now? Like, just random catchphrases that they never said, but it was just in their theme song. So Yeah. Anyway, uh, the reason I bring up a random wrestler is that it's because it's time for the return of random wrestler recollection. Ooh, drop the cage, Chris. Drop the cage. There's is that the first one of 2021? I think so, yeah. Maybe not. I'm pretty sure. The last one we did Happy was Lita, I'm pretty sure. Happy New Year. Right. The random name that is out of the box today is a forever boy. It is Commissioner William Regal. Oh, come on. I mean, right. So I mentioned last week, I think, that William Regal was one of the more obscure heavyweight champions in my figure fed. Oh, yes. um, I remember, right, and, uh, you know, I'm speaking now from the perspective of 10-year-old Glenn, like, I'm nine or 10 years old, so I didn't really know who Regal was until he returned as William Regal. Well, I think it's actually, I, I noticed that in his first week back as William Regal in the WWF after he returned, from WCW, he was hmm. Lord Stephen William Regal. Um, really? Yeah, he was Stephen William Regal for one week, and then he was William Regal the next week, uh, or, or two weeks, I think. Uh, and I remember initially kind of enjoying hating the character like you just love to boo him um, and I think if I'd been an adult at the time he first showed up as the William Regal character I would have just thought he was hilarious and yeah, absolutely booed him to take part but he, he was so successful in making me hate him and I can't wait to get to that phase in my actual did a watch along in like oh, 2000 when he re-debuted because I, I was are. very much under the you know assumption that he was a total tool and I hated him and now I can't wait to see these promos. It's so you know? good, man. It's see going back and watching it now. He is 
he is just golden. Like everything that he does, he just totally has that Midas yeah. touch with it, especially the character work on the mic. And that's not even getting into his in-ring work, which I remember when it was we seeing him in the ring and seeing that he did not have your Vince McMahon kind of physique. I didn't really get what he was doing in the WWF and that almost made me hate him more. I was clearly being a judge, judgmental at 10 years old and maybe implicitly body shaming, but the guy has always been in great nick and I just yeah. didn't really understand that wrestling is at his best when it's a variety show and uh, he was brilliant at that hard knocks kind of rough brutal style uh, and uh, the other aspect of his career I mean there's so many phases of a career that we could spend an entire episode talking about but one thing that's a highlight to me that I want to mention is his 2007 run as GM when he won King of the Ring yeah uh, I think his heel work there dropping the comedy and being just an absolute scumbag was top notch new manga that was that era wasn't it <laughs> yeah uh, yeah Regal's the best how he's never won a world title is beyond me. And I know it's weird because you wouldn't, you don't think world title when you think William Regal because he was never booked in that position. You know, no. I couldn't tell you. I'm sure he has. I'm sure it was like a SmackDown match against Austin or something where he had the world title shot. But I couldn't tell you in the last, you know, 10 years of his run where he challenged whoever for the world championship. So, um, yeah, I wish we did think about him more as, you know, a world heavyweight champion, WWE champion kind of material, but we don't. And we should also, you know, applaud his work as NXT GM as well because he's been, Great in that, in that role. And I love how, like, his favourite moment every year is to announce war games. And it just yeah. comes out and he just screams it. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, big respect to William Regal. And I would love, he's the type of person I'd love to talk to, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I remember once, this is going back maybe a couple of years ago, uh, so like for quite a bit of context, I, I used to work with uh, Joe Hendry's uh, partner, uh, Sophie, and uh, I Shout remember, hi yeah, Sophie, I haven't spoken to her a, maybe a good year and a half, two years, I don't know, because after we stopped working with each other, I only really spoke to her when I saw her wrestling shows right. or uh, inside the rope shows, we just have a quick catch up. So I think the last full on conversation I had with her was maybe at the Pat Patterson show in 2018, just for perspective. Um, but And I can't remember if it was when we were still working together or if it was uh, an ICW show or, you know, sometimes we would bump into each other in bars before the show. I c couldn't tell you when this was. It could have been at any number of shows in the last couple of years. But we were just talking about uh, the wrestling industry and what it's like to kind of be in the independent scene. And she just arbitrarily dropped into the conversation. She wasn't actually specifically talking about her partner, but she, but she just arbitrarily threw into conversation. She's like, "Oh yeah, because you know, like last night when I was talking to Joe, he was he, he wasn't paying attention. He was too busy DMing, uh, messaging Regal." And I was like, "Mind blowing! Like imagine that, just being able to just kind of text William Regal." Yeah. Uh, and and what I got from that conversation with Sophie at the time is that even though uh, Joe Hendry, for example, isn't and wasn't then signed to WWE. He clearly, he, he, right. his, his coach isn't just an XD thing. He's in touch with a lot of people out of the industry, out of, out of the, the WWE, and he talks to people and helps people. And so, I mean, imagine being up and coming or being on the independence, having that as a confidant or somebody that you can fall back on. And I yeah, know yeah. that you know Hendry had obviously done some extra work in WWE over the years, but uh, it, I thought that was just cool. And it just shows that Regal is always just the kind of guy that wants to give back you know you always hear his name come up in terms of like who was their scouting talent at like pwg and stuff like i know kevin mm -hmm. Owens talked about that how like they said regal's coming to pwg and regal was and uh, owens was like okay well he has to watch my match and he'll see the connection with the fans and i'll be signed and that's exactly what happened you know so um he is yeah. the one that's kind of the messenger which is always a good thing to do but what about this week my friend how have you been what have you been watching 
any fun moments of the week you could share with us today? <laughs> well, uh, first and foremost, uh, I've been watching a hell of a lot of Impact um, and, uh, you know, in and around work or sometimes I've got it on mute in the background when I'm working. Um, I should stress not whilst I'm doing live teaching, I don't have wrestling <laughs> on, but, you know, if I'm marking or if I'm emailing. lesson is going to be about pathetic fallacy and, oh my God, there was a beautiful sunset flip powerbomb to the floor. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you my moment of the week if you want to cue that jingle. Go for it. My favourite jingle. So, uh, folks, I don't know how many weeks it's been now, but well done if you're still listening to the podcast and you've endured that jingle, which I created. But I feel like uh, Dr. Frankenstein, I've created a monster and it now just wants to run out into the world and love somebody. And if it doesn't get love, it will indulge in its terror. And that is what's happening to my jingle. Uh, moment of I the week, you know, <laughs> last week I uh, I spoke about, uh, in the last couple of weeks I've talked about remote learning and more recently, I think yesterday or last week when we were on the pod, I talked about how like I had pupils clock the fact that i do this red uh, uh this this um wrestling podcast can you tell me how to speak english again please chris because <laughs> no, basically that is your job <laughs> oh i don't know <laughs> um uh, so I'm I'm on uh, a live lesson as uh, um, earlier on the week. Well, it was actually technically last week, but we'll just say it was this week. Okay, yeah. don't, don't don't tell the listeners. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, one of my pupils goes, "Sir, how come uh, how come you're in that nasal spray advert?" I'm like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. How come you're in this nasal spray advert?" I said, what are you talking about? And for context, this is like the first five minutes of the period where the kids are all kind of slowly appearing on Google Meets. It's actually strangely similar to when the bell rings in school and the kind of dribs and drabs come into the class. Right. You, know, you can never factor that first five minutes into your plan because it's a write-off because it's kids coming in, getting sat down, jackets yeah. off, all that. I don't know how that feels. Uh, and it's the same principle, like it's the same idea, like they, 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 you know, technology is what it is. So some kids with the best of intentions will be five or 10 minutes late to a Google Meet. So like they're, they're slowly jumping on into the call. And so we're having just this kind of conversation whilst the kids are getting in. Uh, and it's like, well, I email you a picture. I was like, fine. And he emails me this picture of this animated character from a nasal spray advert. Have I shown you this, Chris? I don't think so. Oh, in fact, you, you put it on Twitter, didn't you? On Twitter, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna resend it to you just so you've got a bit of context. Uh, and for context, I I always wear a blazer when I'm teaching in the school, and sometimes I wear a bow tie. So you need to understand that right. that's how I look. And I also always wear my glasses when I teach. So I kind of have a, try to have a different look as a teacher than I do the. So I try to make Mister Fraser look different to Glenn, who you bump into at an ICW show. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> not because I want to avoid getting recognised. It's not that. Like I bumped into pupils at a Metallica concert before, nice. but it's more. It's and more that the pub when we went there one time. <laughs> it's more. Oh God, God, you remember that? But yeah. to be fair, they they were of age. So yes, before I get fired for not reporting it. Would you make clear? We didn't go to the pub with students. We happened to be going for a drink, and we just happened to pass them by. Let's just carry on with our story. Yeah, I feel like I should add that these were kids who were six year leavers, and they were all eighteen. So yeah. just, and this was a few years ago. Anyway, anyway, uh, so I'm gonna send you this now. And uh, is that working? Uh, there we go. And so this is the picture that they sent. This was an image from the TV screen. Right. So, so this character, <laughs> this character put this here, Instagram. is almost like, you know, a conductor. 
in the front of an orchestra with his hands. He's wearing a blue blazer, mm-hmm. not to be confused with Owen. He's got a yep. red bow tie, not to be confused with Bob Backlund. Um, mm-hmm. And he's got total Glenn hairstyle, a wee, bit, a wee bit thicker than Glenn's hair, and glasses and facial hair. My hair is that thick right now, I'll have you know. Lockdown has meant I can't get a haircut. How right. dare you besmirch my hair? Sorry, well, I'm in the exact same boat as you. Thank you, thank you. And so then, fast forward to today, the day of recording, Mr. Moffat, and uh, I log on to my Google Meets call. So I've, by this point, I've posted this picture all over social media because it's hilarious just how scarily it looks like me. Uh, and they've all, not all of them, but a, a lot of them have this as their picture, which I'm now sending to you, and it's from the same uh, product <laughs> being advertised. So I took so a picture of that. What do you mean they've got that as their picture? They've made it that so they can come and see you? I, I, well, I don't know. I mean, like, the exact. Well, I think they just were trying to be funny. But like, <laughs> so, like when kids come on a live meet, they they have to for like security and obvious reasons, they have to always have the cameras off. And, like they can unmute their mics to answer questions, but cameras always have to stay off. I can have mine on if I'm like showing something or explaining something, but kids, kids always cameras off. So they have we display pictures instead that pop up when they're on the call. Right. Uh, and so they've all just kind of tweaked their display pictures so it's the picture of me from the nasal spray advert so they've started calling it mr frazel okay <laughs> so that's actually hilarious <laughs> so that was my moment of the week was uh not not wrestling related but certainly uh very much a a highlight of my week Do you realize that you're now you have a doppelganger and it's not just a funny sort of person in real life it's actually someone on the television yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Did you have a moment of the week, Chris? Well, I'll tell you something. If someone was watching Raw the other night, they might have seen my doppelganger, but it was not, in fact, my doppelganger. It was, in fact, my actual face. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, making his WWE debut <laughs> on the go-home show of Raw before the Royal Rumble, our one, our only, Chris Moffat. This is my moment of the week. I was live in the Thunderdome. For... Right, tell me all about it. So, you want, so what do you want to know? Do you want to, you want to ask me questions or will I just tell you the story? Tell me the story, but I might jump in with questions because there's a few things rattling about my brains right. about it. But I, I, I'm curious to know about the whole process from applying to then what it's actually like when you're when you're watching it. Okay. Is there anything that people don't realize, don't know? Uh, did you have to read any important weird rules? Like, did they specifically say don't wear any extra promotional T-shirts and stuff like that? I want to know all of it. So hit me up for the whole story because I'm sure our listeners would be curious yeah. as well. I'm sure you've seen on social media, like every so often they'll say, okay, you know, spaces are open to apply for SmackDown, Thunderdome, or whatever. Um, yeah. I... <coughs> you're right? Sorry. I, yeah, <laughs> so I didn't want you to be dying and then I was just talking over your death. Um, so... <laughs> So for the past since SummerSlam, like I've anything I've seen one of those tweets, whether it be like three hours ago or thirty minutes ago, whatever, I've always just if I saw it, I'll try and apply. Like no, no big deal. You know, it's obviously we are in the UK, so it's going to start at one in the morning. So I'm not that fussed if I don't get to watch it live. I can just watch it in the morning. But I guess it'd be fun to say I've been in the Thunderdome. Um, so I've been pl- applying, and then you kind of put in your details and stuff like that, and then they always would say, you know, you've reached full capacity. Try again next time. And I always be like, all right, okay, fine. So I just so happened to be on Twitter. I might have been sending out a tweet to remote TWC or something like that. And um, I had refreshed Twitter and they just posted like, sign up now for the Thunderdome for Monday Night Raw this week. And the tweet had been posted like a matter of minutes ago. It was maybe like two or three minutes. I was like, oh, well, I'll try now. So I applied really quickly, typed in my name, my details and stuff. And it was like, okay, you're in. But it was nice. like, but it was like you will now receive an email. So I was like, okay, cool. So I'm, I, I'm not getting my hopes up quite yet because... 
you know, it's WWE, it's this, you know, massive promotion. Yeah. I'm sure there's loads of people who want to get involved. You might need to pass a test or something. I don't know. So uh, I, I checked the email and it basically said, it does not mean that you're in yet, but you have a space. So you have a call time. And when you, when, you know, the clock strikes that call time, you need to click this link. And then yeah. you're into like the sort of pool of people who can get in sort of thing. So you, so it's almost like I didn't get a space immediately, but I got a link, you know, for a potential mm. space, you know? Okay. And I was like, cool. Um, so I was under the assumption that there's a good chance I'll get in. There's a good chance I won't, you know? Um, yeah. So at midnight, which was my call time, 7 p.m. Eastern, which would be midnight mm-hmm. here. Um, I had it like synced up with my phone. So I was watching the kind of hand on my phone going round and round just so I knew like exactly as I hit the hour, I was going to hit... You know, I was going to click join. Um, mm-hmm. Timed it all perfectly. You know, I, I'd, I'd set up lights and stuff like that around. So I, I moved from my office where nice. I'm sitting now through into the dining room because everyone was in bed. And through in the dining room, I thought I could sit in front of the back doors, which is like white. I would be a white background, so I might stand out more. Um, yeah. So I sat there. I got books and stuff to raise the laptop up. I set up my YouTube light and extra lamps. And, you know, I asked Alexa to turn up the temperature of the light to 90%. And I, like, I made it look as professional as I could, essentially, right? So that took You're me, such an actor. That took, I mean, I know it's like me, I self-tape. Um, so that, that took loads of energy and loads of time, you know, to set all that up. And I was thinking, I mean, I'm going to click this link and I'm not going to get in. <laughs> I've just done all this. <laughs> so I was doing that, um, watching the hand on the clock on my phone. And it was like, you know, 30 seconds, 15 yeah. seconds, 10 seconds five seconds and i got really nervous and i was like oh my god here we go it's not, as if, it's not as if like you click live it's not as if you click the link and then you go live you know yeah it's yeah. just getting in so i click the link is bang on midnight sorry the thunderdome is full capacity try again next time and i was like <sighs> oh you're joking because I, I couldn't even be like it couldn't have been any quicker i was like timing it by the second and it yeah. was still so busy it kicked me out so i just was like i just sat with my hand in my head for like my, my hand in my my head and my hands for like a good few seconds and I was like oh what a waste of time I've went and told everybody I'm on the Thunderdome what a mistake this has been I shouldn't have said anything but yeah. I didn't think I'll click refresh just in case and I clicked refresh and boom I was in <laughs> so I have no <laughs> idea how that works <laughs> wow well there's a tip for anyone trying in the future if you don't get in straight away refresh 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 um, so talk me for the rest of it then. What was it then like, the experience? So you go in and, and um, you're just sitting there and you need to fill out all these details about like, uh, do you have a microphone? Do you have a w- proper webcam? Click allow and all that sort of stuff. And there's just like sort of kind of like rock music that's playing. Um, mm-hmm. It just comes up saying, you're in, stay tuned. And it just stays like that for a while. Then it came to about 25 past the hour and I got a voice in my earphones and it was the audience coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. who is like, welcome to the Thunderdome. Congratulations, you're going to be part of Monday Night Raw tonight and stuff like that, right? And I was like, okay, cool. The guy goes, um, there's about 900 of you in tonight, so we got a full house. So that's interesting. I know that full capacity oh. is 900. That's interesting. I had no I idea. Um, so there's 900 of us in there. He goes, um, and, and I should probably say that in the email that you originally get when you get the link is all the kind of like rules. Like it says you're not allowed mm-hmm. to be inappropriate, you're not allowed any nudity, you're not allowed any hand gestures, Um try wear something bright but wwe merch is preferred and if you think wwe right. merch it's all black in it so um yeah i was thinking about wearing like a football top like to maybe stand out because i've got like the orlando city one is bright purple that would stand out or i think maybe even a rangers one would be like light blue and white and stuff i was thinking i don't know if i wanted to wear a team because then like wwe yeah. might see the fact there's a team and they might think i'm like trying to support something else and they might remove me so i just thought i'll play it safe 
you know? Yeah. Um, I wore my Undisputed Era t-shirt, which has gold on it. So I thought gold's a bright colour. That'll kind of yeah, yeah, know, stand out if anything. So I wore the Undisputed Era one. And yeah, you just sit there. You just wait. The guy's voice gives you instructions and stuff. And then he goes, okay, now I can answer any questions you have. Um, so people just start asking questions. But there's no, like, it's not like Zoom. So like maybe mm-hmm. it's for him, but for for me it was just it was just a blank screen. It's just a thunderdome. But there was no names or anything like that. So we had to say like, yes, the question for the girl in the blue jumper. Yes, the question for the man in the black top. And like I'm sure there was loads of that, you know. Yeah. So it was like he was asking questions, and someone asked the question, "Will Jeff Hardy be on the show tonight?" And uh, <laughs> and the guy goes, "I do not know." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I can't answer that for you. Um, oh, that fan must have been pleasantly uh, satisfied. Yeah, yeah, and he's just you know like um, telling you that just loads of energy. You know, um, try and get noticed. The more you're moving about, the more you're dancing, the more you're cheering and clapping and stuff. The more chance you're going to get to being on the show. Um, make as much noise as possible. They were Which saying is interesting, and I was like. Really? Like they pipe in the noise, don't they? Like I just don't yeah. think they actually do. So we, obviously they do pipe in the noise, but maybe they're thinking if they if they hear someone making lots of noise, maybe that'll like spark up their, you know, their box or whatever, and then they'll go, okay, we'll put that person front and center because they're obviously animated. It maybe just by a way to kind of yeah. have them know who's taking part more than anything. Yeah, because that's interesting. Because I remember when they did the announcement of the Thunderdome way back when. I think Kevin Dunn had said in an, in an interview. Uh, that uh, you know, fans will be able to start chants and things. Yeah, and so I was expecting that. I didn't expect the canned noise. So then, I, when it, so then, uh, Mike Rome comes on. You know the ring announcer. Um, yeah, yeah. Who I really like actually. He comes on and he reads out the rules and stuff again. Um, yeah. He says, "Don't have any signs unless you're supporting a superstar. Don't have anything between your face and the camera. Try and have your camera on something so you're not walking about with it. Try not eat during the broadcast." keep toilet mm-hmm. breaks to adverts and all that sort of stuff. And I was just sitting there listening. I thought it was really cool. And then they go, just like it would be in like a normal arena, they said, now we're going to tape main event for the network. Oh, so, there's, so there was dark matches. <laughs> Excellent. So the uh, dark match was Elias and Gunner, who is, what's his name in WWE? Um, mm-hmm. Jackson, Jackson something. Jackson Riker. Yeah. There you go. Uh, versus Ricochet and Jeff Hardy. And... I'm sure that guy who asked the question was buzzing. Uh, <laughs> so as the show starts, you know, Jeff Hardy's the first song that comes on. I started, you know, doing the whole Jeff Hardy jive. Yeah. And here he comes, and the guy in my headset, my, my earphone starts going, big cheers for Jeff. Come on, give us the big cheers. Big smiles and thumbs up for Jeff. Yes, it's Jeff Hardy. We love Jeff Hardy. Give us lots of claps. Give us lots of cheers for Jeff. Here comes the charismatic enigma. So he's in my ears, like giving like instructions. He's producing you. <laughs> he's like, I'm like a commentator. He's producing me. And then Elias comes out. He's like, big booze for Elias. We don't like this guy. Boo, Elias. Boo. <laughs> no idea. So we're all doing that with our thumbs, like thumbs down and stuff. So that's a tag match. Um, and there was another match. Um, I can't remember. Oh, it was um, Humberto Carrillo versus Angel Garza. That was a match oh, on main yeah. event as well, which was funny. Um, and then it cuts to Tom Phillips and Samoa Joe. They start talking about main event and stuff. And then that finished about five to one. And he goes, hey, guys, you get five minutes. Come back to your seats. We go live at one. Or we go live at eight. Um, mm-hmm. I went and got a drink, got a cup of tea, and I sat down. And then the signature plays, the intro plays, and the guy's like, you're live in 15 seconds. You're live in 10 seconds. Nice. Five, four, three. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. 
And then he's like, lots of energy, lots of energy. And everyone's like waving and stuff. And it's like, they're like shooting <laughs> them and they're all like waving and like clapping and stuff. And obviously, and were you like, like mime clapping because. <laughs> I, was, I was like quietly clapping because everyone's in bed. So I couldn't shoot. <laughs> um, obviously, so my, my first thing was I need to try and find myself. Like I was looking about and stuff, but it was so hard. You know what WWE is like with like camera cuts and stuff? Like yeah. not knowing where to look, it was so annoying. So the show starts and Drew comes out first, and I went mental quietly. <laughs> and I just thought if I was if I was showing that I really like Drew, maybe they'll put me at a good spot, you know? Yeah. I was like quietly clapping for Drew and stuff, and the guy's like, Here comes your WWE champion. Lots of cheers for Drew, lots of energy for the champ, and all that. And so that happens, and then uh, Miz and Morrison came out, right? <laughs> Miz and Morrison came out and they start they start doing the promo and stuff and they're doing that thing. I don't know if you've seen Miz and Morrison's promos recently, but they're like being overly yeah. obnoxious. Um, yeah, the thing where they're saying something. They're saying um, at the Royal Rumble, I'm going to come in and what we're going to do? We're going to beat you for the title. And they're going correct. Correct. <laughs> so then, so then they're doing that and it was hilarious, right? And the guy in my ear starts laughing and the guy's like, "Oh, boo these jerks! Boo them! <laughs> boo." Th- <laughs> like, boo this man so we're all and I'm like, laughing and I'm like booing Miz and Morrison and then Goldberg comes out and the guy's like big cheers for the legend and I'm like I really don't want to cheer him I really don't want to cheer Goldberg he, he, sorry he says big cheers for Goldberg and I'm like no I don't really don't want to cheer Goldberg I was like please don't beat Drew please don't beat Drew but I was like I'll beat the will and I was like clapping and stuff so that was it so it was just that and then like you'd go to a commercial and it'd be like okay you guys you got three minutes Come back in three minutes for a commercial and You'd come back and that was it. You just you just watch the show as if you were there. You know they do the promos. They wouldn't they wouldn't you know like segue away and, and like it would always just be you'd watch the backstage. You'd watch the commentary stuff, just as if yeah. you were watching it for real. Um, you just clapped along and they'd give you instructions. They'd be like, if someone was doing a promo, I think Drew mentioned COVID and stuff like that, and he said we're going to beat this virus. And the guy's like, big cheer for that. Like he's, like he's trying to give you instructions of what to cheer and stuff because he knows when they're going to shoot the crowd. You know, yeah, yeah. it was just interesting. It was it was really fun. Um, it got to the point where you know I was getting quite tired. It was like nearly half three in the morning, and I'm like pretending to clap and stuff. I was like, "Oh god, I was just getting tired." Um, and then it was there was a match between Xavier Woods and Slapjack from Retribution, so <laughs> I wasn't particularly interested in the match. And I was texting my mate Fraser, who hadn't watched WWE in ages. He's full on AEW right now, right? Um, and he's like, "It's the first time I'm watching Raw, and I am not convinced." And I was like, "No, but you need to watch because you might see me." So he sent me, like, he drew, like, a diagram on Snapchat of, like, the ring and the barricades and stuff. And he's like, put an X on this image of where you are. And I was like, I don't know where I am. I don't know. I've not found myself. And just as I said that, I kind of saw, like, my glasses. I kind of recognized, like, my hair. And I was like, wait a minute. So I got back to the hard cam. And I was kind of like, this is, like, three matches in or something, right? So I was kind of, like, four screens up over to the right facing the hard cam. But I was kind of, like, behind another screen. So you yeah. couldn't really see the whole screen. You couldn't really see my whole face. It was like the top hat. It was like from my nose up. And I was like, I'm sure that's me. And I, I kind of made like a gesture. And I was like, oh my God, that is me. But there was like a, a three second delay. So if yeah. like Seamus or whoever does a big boot, I kind of reacted. But it wouldn't react on the Thunderdome screen until he was doing the next move. So it was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just saw myself and I kind of pointed out where I was. And Fraser was like, oh my God, I can see you. Do a thumbs up. So at this point, like Retribution's like beating woods and i'm just howling because i was like here i'm like on raw yeah and I, and I started like clapping and like i was like putting my thumbs up and stuff and it's just yeah, so like i'm approving xavier woods's beatdown 
Exactly. So that is the moment, dear listener, that I noticed, Chris. That's the moment me? I found Did, did you notice me like immediately? <clears throat> that, yeah. Well, I was scanning, and you know, because I was watching it on demand, I had the um, uh, ability to pause and examine. <laughs> uh, and so I went. That it was literally the moment that poor Xavier was getting lifted up for the biggest powerbomb of his life. That I just saw you in the background giving it Yaldi with your thumbs up, going "Hey!" So I texted Chris to say stop that now and boo the heels <laughs> and now i know you were being produced and you were defying the nice wwe man who you should have been grateful no, for. to be fair i didn't he didn't say anything at that point because when because when i was like on my phone or not really paying attention to the show if he was to come in and say okay big thumbs down now i would do it because like just in case they were going to shoot us you know but he wasn't yeah, saying yeah, anything yeah. at that point but i wasn't even watching the show i was just like watching my wee window <laughs> <laughs> this is it. I spent the entire remainder of Monday Night Raw not paying attention at all to what was going on in the ring. I just kept going, there's Chris! There's Chris! There's Chris! It's but like, as I was saying about, like, the, about the camera cuts and stuff, like, every time I saw myself, I would, I would like, throw my thumbs up and then, like, by the time I could see it, it was away. Like, just the mm. cuts were mental. But, um, yeah, it was, just, it was a fun experience. I wouldn't do it every time. I definitely wouldn't do it for a pay-per-view. Um, I quite liked how the fact there was wee breaks, you know, um and, yeah. and stuff because I, I got so sitting and it was three in the morning and i was tired and stuff but definitely a cool experience i'm definitely really happy that i was able to say that i was able to be in the thunderdome you know because this isn't a permanent yeah. thing you know um it's only yeah. gonna be around for another few months so we hope so um yeah it was just it was fun to do and i, I would do it again for like maybe a smackdown it's like a shorter show or even an nxt but um yeah it was fun it made me kind of pay more attention to raw you know you made your WWE debut. You've attended your second Raw as well. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Shelton Benjamin came out at one point where, and he was still wearing his mask. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, that's an interesting thing. They never told him to take off his mask. And then like he realized he was wearing it. And you could see him and he kind of rips off. And he's all angry and he just swears because he realized he's still wearing his mask. <laughs> and then someone pulled him up for it on Twitter and he tried to defend it. He was like, oh, I was just trying to protect people around me. And I was like, no, you weren't. He's just forgot to take it off. I was there. I was in the building. I was in the Thunderdome. But another, so cool. another interesting thing as well is that when we were in the Thunderdome, we didn't hear the piped-in noise. So when I in my headphones, it was just like the music and the commentary and stuff. There was no like I couldn't hear any like cheers or boos and stuff. So was it like what impact sounded Pretty like until, uh, yeah. before? You know, I'm, you know, they've started canon noise and now since hard to kill. Actually, I think I like uh, that because it's, it's really minimal noise, and I think it works really well. Yeah, it has made it does make a big difference though, doesn't it? And it gave because they debuted at hard to kill, it gave it that extra importance. You know, that sense of importance. Yeah, I love impact, Chris. I know that's not what we're talking about. I love it so much. I don't know if it's like because it's a smaller kind of venue that impact is performing in, but it sounds a bit more like a sort of indie show right now, you know? Yeah. But it's even though there was no kind of piped in noise, it still sounded like an arena, if that makes sense. There was still the kind of ambience yeah. in the background. It wasn't just silence, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really interesting. I would recommend, obviously I know you're not really up for staying up late these days, but if you are at one point, um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I, I probably should have tried it over the Christmas holidays. That would have been ideal for me because, uh, you know, my next break uh by the school calendar would be the easter break i think yeah there's a couple of midterm breaks where i might be able to do a smackdown um because smackdown's a friday so maybe the the february break i could try and apply for it but um generally but even with that like i'm such an old man chris like a late yeah. night i really i really can do i mean i'm, I'm so. not great these days either to staying up purely but i will do it for wrestling and like i just felt it was up because it was I was like doing the Thunderdome, it kind of gave me a wee bit of an excitement. So I was more awake than I would have been at two in the morning before, you know, because I was doing something. Yeah. So it might, it might distract you a little bit. But once three o'clock hit, 
I was like, oh my god, like still got another hour to go, you know. Um, but yeah, just the fact that the guy was kind of giving you directions, he was so nice and stuff, and he was just like, boo these jerks, and I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> I just, I still was so interested to hear that the noise you couldn't hear because McIntyre was saying, I think, on the Austin show that having the can noise helped give them a bit of atmosphere. Yeah. But it's almost as if it's like the announcers that you can only get that in post. Well, um, I'm sh- I know they do pipe in the, the noise into the arena, you know, mm-hmm. while they're doing the matches. So I could probably hear that, but I couldn't hear like the like the one they would put in over whatever, you know what I mean, in post or, you know, from the production truck yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I don't I, I did think it was interesting though they were asking us to boo and they were asking us to shout and stuff. And then when Woods came out, he's like, let's see those New Day dances. <laughs> uh, here, let me ask you this about it. I know we've been talking about it for a while, but I'm in, so interested oh, in so it. I'm sure the theme of today's episode. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm probably going to end up for the artwork for this show, maybe doing the Thunderdome and giving every single square your face, um, or Maven. So, or Maven's. Oh, he's always in there. So, answer me this: At any point, did you feel a sense of paranoia, thinking, "Oh, probably some person sitting next to Kevin Dunn in a truck is watching me right now, making sure that I'm not holding up pictures of Chris Benoit or you know, AW? No. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm so used to being on camera and stuff. I just didn't think about it. But then I, I knew that there was 900 others, you know? Yeah. So it, it probably wasn't just one person looking at my face. It was probably a big wall of screens and they were just choosing. So I got, I was really lucky with where I was placed, you know, because there's people like way over seven rows up to the right, you know, that would you'd never be able to see them. So I was really lucky. Absolutely. Facing the hard camera, that's what we all And I wasn't for. doing anything bad. Like I, at one point I had a cup of tea and I was dipping a caramel wafer in at the tea during the break. I thought that would have been funny if you and for the guy, but other than that, yeah, it was just I was always on my phone and stuff like at breaks and stuff, so it's not as if I was doing anything overly silly, you know. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, man. That's I I you know, it's funny to think that we've had the Thunderdome for the length of time we have, but this is the first sort of in-depth account of what it's like yeah. that I've, I've heard. I mean, I'm sure other people have talked about it, but um, I had no idea there was like somebody producing you. I just thought it was guidelines and go, you know? Yeah, well, the, the guidelines were quite thorough because there's like there's loads of paragraphs and stuff and it's lots of heavy reading. But what they do good is that like the, the, the guy's name is the audience, co- what did I say? Coordinate, audience coordinator. Like he'll always keep you right and like Mike Rome reads them out again to try and make it a bit simpler. So it's not all this like you need to do this, you need to do that. Just like try to stay away from this, go to the toilet, it breaks and stuff like that. Like, they kept it really simple, which I thought was good. And there was no production problems whatsoever. Like, I was really impressed by the way you just clicked the link. Obviously, mine went away and then you refreshed and I was in. But in terms of the feed of the show, like going out out to break and back from break and things like that, it flowed really well. So, yeah, I, I just yeah. can't believe, as you say, like, this is like, I've not heard anything from the Thunderdome, whether it be on, like, Meltzer or Kenny McIntosh or on, even on Twitter. Like, you may be seeing a wee bits here and there, but... I just had no idea what to expect, and it was just, I, quite, I quite liked that, how it was like a first-hand account, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Oh, man, I'm, I'm so chuffed to hear that. It was so interesting. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But yeah, um, again, I wouldn't do it every time, but definitely something interesting to, I can say I've done. And it was just, it's just funny, I've, I've had that clip paused for Raw to show like my sister and my mum and stuff. I was like, look, there I am. Rachel found it hilarious. So, um, yeah, that was, that, was, that was my night last night. Excellent. I'm 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 chuffed. And then my, I'm, my uh, Tuesday viewing today, I was watching. Um, I actually did a watch along. We just saw the debut of Too Cool, um, because they they re debuted on Raw, right? But they were still too much. And then on SmackDown the following Thursday, they were too cool. So they were too Scott 
Scott too hot Taylor and too sexy Brian Christopher. That's what they still are. They're still heels and they came out to Rikishi's theme before Ooh. Rikishi's even debuted, which I thought was interesting. I'm looking forward to Rikishi's debut and the watch along. I'm pretty sure it was too cool theme originally. What do you mean? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I know, but I just I don't know when Rikishi debuts. Because he's in the 2000 Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, it's late 99, I think. It's after Survivor Series. Okay, I'm buzzing for that. And of course, Taz's debut is coming soon too, and Kurt Angles and the Radicals and stuff, so the roster's about to get a huge switch up because we are in uh, approaching Survivor Series. But yeah, anything uh, anything you want to tell us about in terms of what you've been watching this week, or do you want to move on to a edition of Meet a Wrestler? Uh, we'll, we'll quickly soon move on to that. I will say that uh, it's been a, a catching up really with, you know, the last time you asked me this, I was kind of falling back into comfort watching old WWE stuff, but uh, I've been trying to catch up with Impact and uh, AEW. And so I've been kind of watching those com- like in sync with each other because they've got the cross promotion going on right now. So I'm currently, pardon me, I'm currently on the episode of Impact, which is just after Hard to Kill. And enjoying that, uh, I'm really enjoying what their product is. If the, you know everything from the X division, the women's division, the well, lockouts, I should say, uh, everything they do, I think is just uh, is really enjoyable right now. And obviously, they have things to work on and maybe things to improve. But you know, we're a positive podcast, and I just love how I, th- that is the unlikely aspect of my wrestling fandom over the last twelve months is that I've become a wrestling fan. In, uh, due to the lockdown I think yeah. uh, it's not a wrestling fan, an impact wrestling yeah. fan due to the lockdown uh, and all elite wrestling is, as, you know, as far as I'm concerned they're they're just on fire and they're definitely things like we could put our critical hats on and nitpick but uh, ultimately it's just a great fun wrestling show and that is not to take anything away from WWE because at time of recording we're in uh, Rumble slash Wrestlemania season which is such an exciting time to be a WWE fan so um, it's all good for me right now but um, perhaps we should move on to meet a wrestler unless there's anything you want to add to that No, I feel like I've been talking for about an hour so I'd love to hear from you Right, okay, cue the jingle and I'll tell you all story Yay. Meet a wrestler we met a wrestler in the flesh oh yeah okay so um we're at this lovely stage now chris where you know i feel like we're both really fortunate as wrestling fans to have kind of had the chance to meet so many wrestlers and that's kind of been more of a staple of being a scottish wrestling fan in our lifetime because for the longest time it was very unusual to meet a big american wrestler do you know what i mean right uh, and now we've been doing this for 43 episodes and uh, in many of those episodes we've we've done a meet a wrestler and you know i know i'm at the point where i have to start to think because I, I remember when we started this show i thought you know soon enough we'll have more chances to meet more wrestlers and we'll never run out of stories really uh, and it may just be that meet a wrestler becomes more sporadic to kind of wait for our wrestling interactions but because we obviously haven't had the chance to meet wrestlers it's kind of drying up a little bit yeah. but i've still got a few that i haven't spoken about and uh this week, I want to tell you all about the day that I met good old JR and the podfather himself, Conrad Thompson. And uh, Chris, I actually met you this day as well. Not for the first time. <laughs> I'd, I'd known you for several years at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but you were there that evening. So, folks, we have never stopped singing the praises of Scottish-born company Inside the Ropes. Now, Inside the Ropes, if you don't know, started off as a podcast, then started doing live events with wrestlers. Uh, and then when COVID hit, after many years of successful live events, I was worried that we would have the end of Inside the Ropes. I was worried that their, their main income would be live events and they would crumble and they would die. And I was very sad 
to think about that inevitability. And it, but it was not an inevitability, Chris. No, they, they have survived and thrived and evolved, and they've they're now you know have a really in depth wrestling news website, and they have a, a great magazine which I absolutely love, and we sung the praises of. And uh, one thing I'll say about the Inside the Ropes Wrestling News website is that. I am so happy it's there because how refreshing is it to have a wrestling news website which doesn't use clickbaity headlines. And I'm going to give you a wee example uh, before I get into this story. Uh, a big story that came out in the press recently was uh, in America that the rights to the WWE Network were given to the Peacock streaming service the um, via USA Network for close to a billion dollars. So uh, they now have the rights to WWE content. So they um, have acquired the license for that. And a very popular wrestling news website slash YouTube channel ran with the headline, WWE sells the network. Network cancelled. I mean, shut up. I, I resent. I resent that clickbait so much because it's everything that's wrong with fake news and society in a wider sense. You know, even in the broader sense with the US elections, it's misleading things right. like that, which are fueling this toxic narrative of, uh, over and questioning of what's fact and what's not. And you might think it's just a harmless wrestling headline, but it's part of a wider culture which bothers me, where you're more worried about how many people look at your work as opposed to the, integ the integrity of it. And I know the people at Inside the Robes are friends with a lot of the people at these other wrestling websites and they are well connected. But Inside the Robes, their headlines are accurate and they're interesting and they're well written. So, uh, I'm, listen, I've, I'm, I'm a huge Inside the Robes fan, always have been. They don't pay me. I'm not employed by them. I'm just a, a big fan and I've been to loads of shows. And that's where this story comes from, Chris, when I met the, uh, the one and only Jim Ross at the the last Inside the Ropes show, I think, that ran before the right. pandemic, and this was in October 2019, the uh, Grilling JR show. Um, was this not... I'm sure this was February 2020, no? You're absolutely right. It was February 2020. Because I, just... I was going to tell you my experience that day, because I didn't meet JR, but I, but I, had, I went to yeah. the show, of course, and I, I spoke to you. Um, did he not infiltrate your social media? Uh, no, did he? He nicked your picture off Instagram. Didn't oh you yeah, I'll go over that. Well, so I I had a catch up with an old college lecturer who, ironically, I had a catch up with yesterday on Zoom as well. Um, and so we met in the Cineworld Starbucks. We chatted for a couple of hours. Then I met my mate Fraser, who we went to the show together. Went to Grill and Gr Live, um, mm -hmm. which was good. Spoke to you. Spoke to Robert. Then we went for a Nando's for dinner, which was lovely. Miss Nando's. And then I saw Parasite, the film. And this was also on the night of the Oscars, the day of the Oscars. So I watched Paris uh, in the cinema, I went home, and it won the Best Picture Oscar. And I was very happy I did it. Had a great day. Bad. Actually, one of the best days of 2020. I suppose there weren't many good ones, were there? I had, um, quite a, few. I had, I had a bunch of good ones, but this, but this, this one in particular just stands out, you know. Absolutely. And you know, uh, you're, the story of you posting a picture from that show and then it's showing up on JR's so, Instagram. I took a picture of him. I took a picture of JR kind of like standing. I don't know if it was like before the show started, he was kind of standing up. And, you know, we, we talked about this before. We don't condone filming these events and stuff like that. But, you know, I just feel like, you know, a wee clip of him walking out wasn't bad. And a wee picture of him just to do document being there and chronicle yourself being there. And I was doing this whole one clip a day thing. And, you know, um, I just took a screenshot of that posted it online saying had a great time inside the ropes thanks gr for coming along and before i knew it, yeah. i was in asda the next day 
and uh, Jihar had posted my picture on his Instagram with no um, consideration to phone me or ask me to sign any documents. <laughs> oh, brilliant! <laughs> so, um, I mean, the uh, so like I inside the rope shows the way that they do the meet and greets and stuff is always um, really efficient. It's really professional. This was equally proficient and professional, but efficient and professional, I should say. Easy for me to say. But uh, the format of it was was different. So usually you go there, you meet the talent, you get a picture right there and then, and then you sit down and you wait for the show. But this meet and greet, you went up and you met them, and then you went and sat down, and then you went up again to get a picture once. So it was everyone does autographs, then everyone does pictures. Interesting. Uh, because for the pictures, they were standing up, and for the autographs, they were sitting down. Uh, so we we go there and uh, I'm I'm kind of at the uh, merch stand. I think it was Molly Spartan or maybe uh, Jennifer Louise, perhaps who were kind of flogging the merch. And I've always, if it's a talent who's released a book, I'll usually buy the book and get that signed right. at these shows. So I've done that for a lot of the the Inside the Ropes tours. Is I'll, I'll get a book, and if I can't get a book, I'll get an eight by ten. Or any something. um, sorry, any further on with the Justin Roberts book? Uh, no, but I, I, if I'm honest, I haven't started it because okay, <laughs> I've never started the for something else. But That's all right, I, no, I will just, get. Just, just Thanks, uh, but it's it's going to happen, mate. It's on the pile, hmm. and it's a literal pile. I will send you a picture. Hmm. Um, so I uh, was so I picked up Slobberknocker because this was just before Black Hat came out, but it right. wasn't released yet. I think at that tour he gave Kenny McIntosh an advanced copy of it. Uh, so Slobberknocker was all you could get. So I thought that's fine because I've been wanting to read Slobberknocker, and I think it'd be a, it's a cool thing to have for any wrestling collector. So getting it signed would be even better. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so I I I, <laughs> oh, I buy this book. I get this book right, and so there's JR and there's Conrad, and I realize that um, uh, JR's signing all this stuff, and I think this, as I can recall, I think they said, like, it's an extra so-and-so to get an autograph from Conrad. Uh, I thought, oh, that's that's a shame, because I've, I've I bought the book, and I don't really have anything for him to sign. Uh, so I kind of felt a bit guilty about, you know, not pain to get something signed for him but i thought you know what i'm still gonna get to meet him i'm just not yeah. gonna get his autograph so that'll be pretty cool um and so i'm uh i'm i'm like queuing up and queuing up and you know at that point i don't know what it's like for you but i always like to go in with a game plan of what to say and partly the reason why i've developed this tendency to really overthink what i'm going to say is because if you've listened to this podcast guys you'll you'll know this i have a, a bit of a reputation and a long history of um, embarrassing myself in front of wrestlers because <laughs> i get too I nervous say, i wouldn't say embarrass yourself you created stories well that's true but it's not as if i was sitting in the queue going gotta do this for the content <laughs> right 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 um so i uh, i'm thinking about what i'm going to say and i realized that you meet conrad first then you meet jr so i thought okay well i'm not going to get Conrad's not even going to sign anything so what am i going to say to him so and then it occurred to me that a really funny story had happened to me uh, and this was just just before i left my or no it was so I was still working at the school that I left last year, but uh, I had just like accepted the job to go and work at the school I'm at, Matt. Now, right, uh, and so I like I, I knew at that point that I was I was wanting to work somewhere else, and like the school I worked at before, by the way, can I just say, great place to work, and I would definitely go back there in a heartbeat. But you know, just in terms of you know being closer to home, needing permanency and contracts and things like that, I just I just needed. Uh, you know that opportunity, so I could buy my mortgage, get my house, and uh, uh, have my Glendale. So that's fair. That, 
and so that was all kind of going from my head at the time as well. So uh, I'm there. I'm there with Robert, my good close personal friend Robert, who now lives a stone's throw from me, um, and because I took that job, and uh, he's a, a lifelong wrestling fan. So if you're new to the podcast, let dear listener, he is is a name that you'll hear a lot because Robert is my oldest friend, and so my wrestling story is his wrestling story in effect. And he comes to me, comes with me to all of these shows. So we're waiting, uh, we're queuing up to meet JR. Robert goes first, as he always does. He meets Conrad, he meets JR. Boom, sorted. Uh, and so then I, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer, and I, I'm getting anxious. And as I'm about to go up, somebody, and this keeps happening to me at these shows, thinks that I'm Adam Pacitti, which right. I only really look like when I'm wearing my glasses and my suit, which I wear to some of these shows. But I'm pretty sure at this show I was more casually dressed, no glasses. I was like, you know, leather jacket maybe. Um, I can't rightly remember exactly what I wore. So I go up to Conrad and uh, he shakes my hand. I'm like, and I said to him, and this is a true story, but it came out quite fast. Okay. So right. I'm, because I'm nervous. So what I was trying to say was, it's a pleasure to meet you, Conrad. I'm a teacher and I like to listen to all of your podcasts when I'm working, like when the kids are out of the classroom, when I'm marking in my classroom, I listen to your podcasts. Um, but it's always really awkward, embarrassing if a, a kid randomly knocks your door and comes into the room and only to overhear you talking about Bluetooth. <laughs> um, and if you don't know, folks, Bluetooth is a, a product which uh, Conrad has promoted, uh, has a sponsorship deal with in many of his shows. I don't think I need to elaborate more on what Bluetooth does. It's kind of there in the name, if you know like yeah, medical it's, history. It's, uh, it's a performance enhancer. A marital aid. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I said that, but it kind of more came out with like, Conrad, it's really good to meet you. You know, I'm a teacher and sometimes when I mark, I listen to your podcast and it's so awkward when kids walk in and it's me listening to you talking about Bluetooth. <sighs> and so then he grabs my hands as I'm shaking it and he does the same thing that Cena does where he takes both my hands and squeezes them and he goes, and do you use Bluetooth? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, no, that's not what I meant, but I just, you know, I really enjoy the podcast. And then he takes his pen and he unclicks the thing and he starts to say my book and in my good conscience, I went, oh, I, I didn't actually, I'm really sorry, but I didn't pay for an autograph. I can't in good consciousness accept that if because I've not paid for it. And he just looks at me and winks and shakes his head and goes, nah. And he just signs the book anyway, oh, which I thought was really nice. Really nice of contract. I think he saw that I was embarrassed a little bit by the Bluetooth question because I went, I'm, I'm a blusher. I'm a beamer. You know, right. I blush. So I went really yeah. embarrassed about He's him talking. <laughs> yeah, I was hitting already, taking a beamer right in front of Conrad. Yeah. Um, so uh, at, at that point, uh, the um, <clears throat> excuse me. So at that point, the one thing I should also stress is that when you, if you buy a book, you had to do the same thing that I had to do at the Bret Hart signing, where you get a wee post-it note and you write your name in it. So right. Jr. knows to write to Glenn, Jim Ross, blah blah blah. Uh, so Conrad signed it, and uh, I've got the two Glenn posters there. So then Jr. takes it and he kind of examines it with both his hands, and almost bless him, he looks as if he's never seen a book before. <laughs> he's like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> but so, but uh, I mean, what the hell? What the hell is this? <laughs> I don't like. I don't like that deal, you know. <laughs> uh, so, but I, what he was actually doing was reading the post-it note. So he, he takes the post-it note, he whips it off, and then he looks up at me and goes, "Are you Glenn?" And I went, "Yes." And he went. 
Glenn, thank you. And he does, and takes my hand and does the double squeeze like Conrad did with both hands. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So he does that. And, and he signs it to Glenn, Jim Ross, Hall of Fame 2007. He's got the most gorgeous signature. I like love, a JR I love that he writes Hall of Fame 07 on all of his autographs. I love it. Because it's like he's so, so proud of it, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, I've had this before. Like, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you go to a concert and you see a band that you don't really know that well, but you go just because it's a good, a good, good concert, yeah. and then you end up getting really into them afterwards, I'm so you then kind of wish you'd known them better at the time you saw them. And obviously, I'm a huge GR fan. I've always loved GR, but it was only after that that I read Slobinok, and now I think, Christ, I wish I could go and meet him again, because I want to talk to him about how much I've, I've read both of his books since then, uh, and I really enjoyed his story. Um but, and so that was the actual experience of meeting him. But then, of course, about 10 minutes later, I got to meet him again because we went to do the picture. Um, and uh, the picture is really fun. Unfortunately, Robert's picture, he had his eyes closed. He was really embarrassed. Oh, man. Awesome. Sorry, Robert. That's the worst. Usually they tell you when that's happened, but they must have been moving through them quickly. Yeah. Uh, but my picture with GR and Conrad, which we'll put on the socials, is one of my favorite pictures I've ever had taken with wrestlers because, again, often I'm recovering from some sort of embarrassing episode. And whereas <laughs> I was mildly embarrassed about the Bluetooth thing, I'd had some time to get over it and maybe have a beer and kind of <laughs> calm right. down a little bit in between. Um, but as you'll remember, Chris, like the, the drama of that show didn't stop there. No, I know there were some hecklers, wasn't there? Yeah, there, and I think we have actually mentioned this before in the show, but yeah. don't heckle at these shows. No one's paying to see you, like or hear you, for that matter. Uh, and there's some hecklers. There was a one guy who was really, really drunk and ended up getting booted out, as I recall. Do you remember the guy that passed out as well? We had to go and get Jennifer Louise and say, <laughs> this guy's drunk so much that he's not out. <laughs> Did you not go over to Jen Louise and be like, I think that guy needs help? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when I, was, when I was coming into the venue... You were going out to make a phone call or something, making a pass, like ships in the night, like leaving at the same time and coming in. Yeah. And then as I, I saw you go out, I was like, okay, I'll wait here for him to come back in. I think we phoned your dad or something. And I was like standing in the wee sort of stairwell bit and there was a drunk guy who fell down the stairs. <laughs> like like from the venue to the outside of the venue, like almost as if like, you know, like a film when like there's a drunken fight in a bar and they get yeah. thrown out. It was something like that. It was almost like he was kicked out, but he fell down the stairs and was literally out the door afterwards. But he came back in somehow and then was thrown out again. I mean, really, <laughs> it's a uh, it's 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 a miracle that he was led back in. But you've went and bought the ticket and everything. You've made the effort to go. I know. What bastard? I don't know, man. And I, I then I remember at the end of the show, the, those drunk guys hung about, and then I heard on the Inside the Rope show right. podcast afterwards that apparently they tried to sneak backstage. Like they, they literally just walked backstage at the Classic Grand, and uh, Kenny Mack was like on top of it straight away, saying there is no way that you're coming in to this to to meet these guys when everyone else has had to pay for the privilege so uh you know good good on kenny mcintosh for uh for um for enforcing that and maintaining the integrity of the ticket price i'm sure he's used to it you can't have a company like this without you know people like that you know what i mean so you know yeah. it's dealt with in a professional way because they have to deal with that professional way because if it's not professional then something bad could happen you know Absolutely, oh, good, good, um, good security and good um, professionalism from the company there. Um, and like I say, I I love the picture I've taken with them. 
I'll, I'll, I'll uh, like I say, we'll put it in the socials. I think it's a, actually one of the few pictures where I like how I look in it. Uh, Jr. and Conrad are lovely. Like they both got their arms around me, so it's like we're like the three amigos. Like I'm in yeah. between them, and we're all having this big man hug. It's really lovely. Uh, one of those lovely, lovely pictures, and it's funny to think that that was 2020. You know, yeah. that was just before it all went um, crazy. So you know, Jr. Conrad, it was an honor to meet you. Uh, both for different reasons, all both positive and. Uh, and uh, like, I, I definitely will go to another JR show in the future. And and we've said this so many times, but like, I'm I'm in a position, unlike when you know you and I were first maybe going to wrestling shows or WWE the Hydro. I'm a wee bit better in terms of money now because I have a right. full time permanent job, and I'm just thinking how much I've taken for granted right. live shows and stuff like that. And now I just think, you know, I don't care if it's Impact or an indie show or. Uh, a spoken word show with um, Taka Michinoku. Oh, I am. I'm yeah. going to go to. Uh, yeah. in, not, 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 <laughs> not just for the podcast though, but just in general. I think we have to take every opportunity yeah. when the world is back to normal. Not just because I want to make more memories and tell more daft stories on our daft wee podcast, but just because you know you got this season the day, and I think the coronavirus's legacy is teaching us the um, the importance of treasuring what you have and seizing the moment. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there with you, and I'm looking forward to plenty more live shows and meet and greets and that sort of thing in the future. I know you're, you're you say you're, you know, more comfortable financial wise, but you're also still watching your money. You can't be going about you spending loads of stuff. But um, I know you're not a subscriber to the Ad Free Shows Network, the Conrad mm-hmm. Run. But I have been for the last few months, and it is, it is an amazing experience because you get so much extra content. Like I've already got all of next week's podcast, you know, ready to go. Not that I listen to them all in advance, but it's just nice to have them. There's yeah. something yeah. every day. Um, and Conrad had a series just called Ask Conrad. And he said, I'm going to do, you know, a couple of these. I didn't expect to get many questions, but people want to see, you know, people want to hear these, so I might as well do them. He released yeah, yeah. about 23 the other day. He has so many people asking him questions and stuff, and he is just as big a celebrity as anybody now in the podcast world. So big props to Conrad for being the absolute podfather of wrestling these days. But yeah. Um, great story as always from you my friend the meter wrestler I can't wait to experience some more meter wrestlers in the future in terms of telling the stories but also living them and yeah. I really hope you come back and listen to another episode of the Wrestling Connection next week next Sunday every episode is released every single Sunday so please check us out on all your podcasting platforms whether that be Apple or Spotify or Breaker or Google Podcasts or um, Pocket Casts or anywhere like that even on YouTube as well at the Wrestle Connection YouTube channel you can hear us on there and on the socials at WrestleConnection on Instagram and at WrestleConnect1 on Twitter. So until next time, my good close personal friend Glenn and I say thank you very much for listening and we will speak mm-hmm. to you all somewhere down the road, baby. Fairly well. Have a slobber knocker, folks. Slobber knocker was a good way to end the show. Very good, very good. <laughs>